Welcome into the Legends Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Rusty Ellis, today joined by former Monterey basketball legend Peyton West. It's funny because I had had your dad on, obviously, a little over a month ago now at this point. Now I've got you on. I knew I was going to get to you at some point. I knew I was going to get yeah. to you at some point. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad you were able to. Sure about, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm a legend quite like oh, my dad, but on, I'm glad man. to be on here. <laughs> the career you had, come on, man. You can't be uh, – you, you, can, you, can you can brag about yourself a little bit. Come on now. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah. I had teams. <laughs> That's fair. So Peyton, let's let's just talk about like the start. What what? Because your dad obviously you grew up in a big basketball family. Obviously, your dad loved it. Yep. Your older brother played as well. We'll get to them in a bit. Um, what's your first memory of basketball, though? Man, my first memory, I probably was I probably was playing basketball before I even gained consciousness. Man, like <laughs> like they had me in a like the city league in mm-hmm. Cookville. I think you could get in at four. They lied about my age and said uh, I was four when I was three. So, like, I've always been playing. I remember uh, just growing up, I would just always, like, watch videos they give me that my dad would put in front of me, man. I'd play on that little tight skull, and I'd try and dunk. Couldn't really do it very well, but those are pretty much my earliest memories, man. It's just always been in my hand. So, why – you know, again, this might be a crazy question to ask considering, you know, the fact that, again, you – grew up in such a big basketball family but why mm-hmm. why basketball for you what is it about the game of basketball that you love man I, I don't know I really don't I mean <laughs> you might have to ask the uh, the six-year-old in me that kid was like always watching it always trying to play man if I was playing video games it was 2k <laughs> if I was watching something it was like like we had three films or three like little videos that my dad gave me and I watched them, like, over and over. One was about Michael Jordan, one was about Larry Bird, and one was about Magic Johnson. Like, I probably could have told you them word for word. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why, but it just always stuck out to me. So, so you, you, you got a lot of that, of that, what people consider to be the golden age of basketball when you look at, like, the 80s and the 90s, with, again, with yeah. like Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, obviously. Uh, what teams – first of all, do you, are you more of a college basketball guy or do you prefer the NBA? I actually prefer the NBA. I'll say the uh, college atmosphere is better mm-hmm. to watch. Like, if I'm just watching for the fans and, you know, for all that, like, all college, hands down, better. But, like, the NBA, man, I just love how, like, skilled they are. I mean, it's, it's the world's best. Like, I love the fundamentals. I don't really like the uh, refing. It's a little <laughs> it's a little inconsistent. I don't think a lot of people the, uh, like the refing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you, if you check out Twitter, you definitely don't like the refing. But, man, those guys are just – they're just so good. Like, and nobody realizes how fundamental they are. Mm-hmm. But, like, their footwork is incredible. Their handles are incredible. Their shot is textbook. Like, it's just – it's so fun to watch from a basketball, like, mindset, you know. One thing I've said, and I, th- I think that a lot of older people kind of feel the same way. I, I probably will have to – I'm not going to edit that out, but that was probably a very bad way to phrase that. But uh, yeah. one thing I've always said is one thing I prefer about NBA versus college is that in NBA, dudes know how to shoot. And in yes. college, you run into, you know, there's a couple teams that have guys that can fundamentally shoot the ball very, very well. But in the NBA, yeah. that's something that it seems like every player on some level can shoot the ball. And it's so hard in, in college when it feels like every shot you're watching go up, it's just brick, brick. No, you're, you're having the money, man. I feel like guys, <laughs> like, recruit just for athleticism, size, and potential because they feel like they can make them shooters mm-hmm. and feel like they can make them really good offensive players. And it's harder to do than, it's, than it sounds. It seems easy. But, I mean, the NBA, you if you don't shoot well, you get cut. So, exactly. everybody out there has to shoot well. So, but, yeah, that's, I, to, I agree with you 100%. I'd 
I'd have to look back, but I feel like the last like great college player that I felt like shot the ball really well. I'd have to. I'm probably missing somebody in here because this was a lot longer ago than I realized. But uh-huh. I would have to say it was probably Devin Booker. It was probably yeah. Devin Booker was probably the last one that I was like, this kid can shoot the ball at college. That will translate to the NBA. Again, I'm probably yeah. missing somebody in there, but who knows? Yeah. But back back on topic about you. Uh, you know, we, we, I've, we've asked this question a lot because obviously when you play for a parent. You know, it's just a question that comes up. And we ask a lot to the coaches, what's it like to coach your kid? Uh, What's that Mm -hmm. dynamic like from a player's perspective? And what's it like to play for your dad? Your dad, obviously, very knowledgeable when it comes to basketball. uh, Uh But what was it like to play for your dad? And what's it like to play for a parent as a coach? Man, I mean, it's probably a different answer for everybody. I know my brother probably have a different answer (laughs) because they were almost always arguing, it seemed like. But me and my dad had a really great relationship through basketball and outside of basketball, man. Like. He was my coach from AAU to, like, fifth, fourth grade and then obviously my high school coach. So, like, it was just – we would talk about the game. We never really disagreed. It was more of, like, a learning from him of, of me growing up. Like, I'll give an example. My brother's sophomore year, I was in eighth grade, and after every game I would, like, tell my dad, like, what I thought they did wrong or what I thought they did right, whatever. And I didn't really think he ever cared. I was just, you know, talking to him just to talk about basketball. And then after their last game, they lost in the district tournament. And he, like, asked me, he was like, uh, what do you think about that game? Like, it was the first time he asked me. And I was like, That's a, that means a lot. Like, I didn't think you actually cared. I just wanted to talk to you. But it was, it was a good relationship for us. I think we had a, a, a good bond. And especially, like, on the court, my sophomore, junior, and senior year, he was like, you're in control. I can trust you. And I was like, I trust you back. It's, it was a good relationship. It really was. How empowering is that? Because, you know, you, we hear a lot, especially when it comes to your position at the point guard position, we hear a lot about coaches. You know, that's got to be the position that the coach trusts the most on the floor because they're running everything. They're calling out sets mm-hmm. on defense. You're calling out the play on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but at a young age, especially, how empowering is that just as, you know, an athlete when you've got a parent that's a coach and they're, you know, they've been doing it a little bit longer than you uh, yeah. to, to, to value your opinion, because that's one thing that stuck out when I talked to your dad was he said that I, you know, my goal with my kids and with any kid that I coach is I can give you, I can help give you the tools to make you great. It's just about how much we're able to listen to each other. That was one thing he said that yeah. always stuck out to me. How empowering was that for you at that young of age to have your opinion valued that much? Big man. I mean, like it, I mean, I'll never forget it. Like it was an incredible moment because I really didn't think he cared. And then for him to be like, what, what do you think, man? What happened in your mind? What did you see? Like, it just felt great. And then from then on, mm-hmm. we didn't have to ask. Like, we both were just feeding back off each other. And we both usually agreed. We had a few, a few times we wouldn't agree, but uh, it was far from it. We pretty much think the same in terms of basketball. I mean, I learned everything from him just about. So it'd be hard to disagree with the guy, your teacher. But, I mean, it was, it was definitely – enjoyable I'm really blessed to be growing up in like a basketball household like that so uh, on the flip side of that what was it like to then play at the high school level not just with your dad as a coach but your older brother as you know a teammate what what's that dynamic like uh it was it was interesting I'll say uh my (laughs) freshman year and sophomore year is definitely totally different I mean for one my freshman year we we underachieved bad like we were very talented but we didn't win like we just weren't good and uh, every night, every car ride home was a fight, like argument between those two. It wasn't me. I was just sitting out because I didn't really get to play. So it didn't it did not affect me. But I was just like, man, this is crazy. I think I told him once I was like, I don't want to ride home with y'all anymore. This isn't in too much. 
but then my senior or my sophomore year my brother's senior year it was it was much better like my brother started to like finally understand that maybe he's right sometimes maybe you know maybe he's like when my brother started coming off the bench like when he took full responsibility I guess and like just let everything go and not put so much stress on himself to be successful and started listening to the coaches started listening to his teammates it was a lot more fun he played a lot better our team was a lot better anyways and uh another thing about having a brother especially when he's a senior and you're a sophomore he was pushing you a lot like he was always <laughs> trying to get in the gym my that whole summer like that whole time he was like what are we doing today i was like i don't know so we're going to the gym like, okay <laughs> every day it was it was it was another blessing it really was to have that competition and that coaching growing up so how many arguments started between the two of you? Because I know how competitive you are, and I can only imagine how much how, how competitive an older version or an older sibling of yours might be. How many how many arguments, whether it was in the gym, on you know, outside in the driveway, how many times would y'all go at it and how competitive would those be? Oh man, I mean, I wouldn't want to play him one on one, man, because he just gets <laughs> so mad. And then I get mad and we just start fighting. Like growing up, it was not good. It was not good. But uh <laughs> In high school, it was good. I mean, there were only, like, a few times that I remember thinking, like, man, don't do that. Like, I, he'd, like, make me mad or something. But uh, in high school, it was good. Growing up, it was not – I guess it's because we were so different. I mean, he was, like, a shooter. I was a passer. Mm-hmm. I was small. He was big. I mean, it was just, like – it was complete opposite almost. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, – I mean, another – I'm still blessed to have an older brother that – pushed me you know and to have that competition growing up you know one thing and one thing another thing your dad talked about I'm going to try not to reference that interview anymore throughout the rest of this but (laughs) you're good one thing one one thing he talked about and this was a memory that really stuck out to him was when you guys made it to the state tournament with you know when both of you were on the roster because there's that picture of all three of y'all you know I think of y'all coming over for a huddle during a timeout um what was that what was that moment like being able to go to the state tournament and be there not just with your dad but also your older brother and to be able to enjoy that experience together it was it was cool man it's easily easily the best basketball experience I've had if I if I were to rank it that'd be at the top I mean it was so cool I gotta say the uh the loss hurt even worse because like I it wasn't just like we lost we were so close it was like, man, I'm never going to get to play with him again. Like, I, that never really stuck out to me until it happened. Like, I cried for, like, three days. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just – it was tough. But it was still a fun, a fun experience. And not only the state tournament, just being, like, a good team with your brother and your friends, it was really a, a fun year. It really was. So, let's, let's advance time a little bit. Let's go to your senior year. Uh, first of all, when did you think that team could be special? Because I think there were several moments early on in the season uh, where, you know, you had a big game or someone like Kevin Borjas had a really big game. This team played really well. You were putting up a ton of points. Other teams weren't scoring a lot against y'all. The one mm-hmm. game I've always said stuck out to me was, as a 1A team, the way you guys battled White County at home early in the year with Grant Slatton and Mason Winningham and – you know, the yeah. game, you guys put up, you know, obviously got a really big lead on them. The way you played in that game showed you guys were a really, really, really good team as a whole, not just the 1A level, but as a, you know, just in basketball in general. When did you know that that team might be special? Man, I mean, I'm going to say, like, as soon as we lost in the sub-state my junior year, I was like, I don't care what happens. Like, we're making it back. I never told – I said, we're going to make it back to the tournament. I never really told, like, a lot of people that 
oh, we're going to state tournament because it's, I mean, it feels ignorant to do that. But me and Kevin were really close, and my dad obviously really close. Anytime we talked about it, I was like, we're going to state tournament. Like, we're going to be back. I was like, no matter what happens, we're going to put in the work. We're going to be back. And we ended up getting uh, lucky with a nice – Caden Jones had some, uh, I want to say, family issues, I guess, to where he had to transfer. Mm-hmm. And we had – his best friend was already in Monterey on our team, and he ended up falling in our lap. Mm-hmm. And that was a blessing because we just lost our two uh, – our second and third leading scorer mm-hmm. from the year before off a good team. So, but, yeah, at the beginning, of, as soon as that junior year ended, I was – we were like, man, we could be good next year. We just got to do it. So there's one player I want to ask you about, and this is kind of as a joke, but kind of seriously, because one thing I've always found interesting is when players are just there, when you're stone cold killers on the court, but then off the court, it's just, it's yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes, sir. No, sir. What was playing with a guy like Silas Randolph like? Because he always seems like he is so angry on the court. And I'm sure he'll hear this at some point. He'll, he'll, probably, yeah. he'll probably say something about it. But he always seems so angry on the court or so mad on the court. But off the court, he's one of the nicest athletes you'd ever talk to. Um, yeah, yeah. So is, is he always – is he angry anytime he's on the court and he's just nice off the court? What's the deal there? Man, I mean, he's just angry. <laughs> <laughs> He's just angry. I mean, I got to play with uh, Grayson, too, his older brother. Mm-hmm. And Grayson was even more angry. Like, I will say <laughs> the thing about Silas was is that if Silas got angry, I could calm him down. And if, you know, I'd be like, man, this is this is open or whatever. Like, I need you to set the screen, whatever. He would actually listen, even though he's really mad. Mm-hmm. If I told Grayson that, Grayson was, like, just almost locked out. Like, he was just so mad. And all he wanted to do was just go back at the guy or whatever that made him mad. But they were both, like, really good teammates, and they were both really, you know, really nice people off the court. So, I don't know. It was, like, sometimes it was hard to get to him. But I will say Silas was a little bit easier to, once he got mad, to bring him back to earth. And he was a, he's a great player, too. When it comes to the post yes. game, there's not, there's not many kids that could go up against him either. Yeah, he was – he stepped up big for us our senior year. We needed him to be good, and he was. He did a good job. So let's let's talk about the district you guys played in your senior year because I don't know that I've seen at any level a district and people that are fans of eight double A and like Upper Mendicab and all of them they'll they'll get angry here and that but <laughs> that one A district you guys played in with you guys Clay Pickett it seemed like it was a battle every night it seemed it like it seemed it like and it was and it wasn't just you know because there were great coaches everywhere obviously your dad was great. Joseph Aminette's a great coach at Pickett. Rob Edwards at, you know, at Clay. Kevin Thomas at Jackson County is a really good coach. I think Rodney Pyle's a great coach. When he was at Clark Range, I thought he was a good coach. Um, Absolutely. But it was also just the level of talent that was at mm-hmm. each of those schools. Obviously, your team was loaded. You look at Clay County, really and they had guys like Grant Strong, Jake Ashley. They were really good. You got yeah. the Aminettes at Pickett. I said that one of my least favorite days of the season was the region semifinals. Because one of those two, one of those three teams, their season was over. There was no way mm-hmm. all three of them could move on, and I hated that because I just was like, "There's this is how you know sports isn't fair." <laughs> but talk <laughs> yeah. about that. Every night it's a battle. Talk about that district and just what made it so tough, in your opinion. Man, I mean, like you said at first, the coaches, the coaches were deep. I mean, Rodney, I think they finished eighth that year, mm-hmm. and Ronnie Powell is a really good coach. I mean, look at the job he did the year before. Like, he took a team that struggled at the beginning of the year, and they almost beat us to go to Substate. Like, they were – he did a great job. And, uh, you know, Aminette, he does a good job. Rob Edwards does a great job. I mean, he's a state champion now. He's been a state tournament every year, it seems like. He does a great <laughs> job. Uh, coach Thomas does a good job, man. He's a good defensive coach. Uh, I'm missing somebody. Trousdale, they did a good job with their man defense. Red Bowen, they did a good job. 
Um, I can't remember their names. That was the year they had that. They had that one kid in the post that year that yeah looked like he was thirty. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I say that as <laughs> nice as been. I can, but he was good. He was he was he was that was like the closest I've seen to like a pure center uh, since yeah. I've started doing jobs like this. So, but continue. He was a matchup problem. Yeah, I mean, he I think he ended up being MVP, and mm-hmm. I think they finished fourth. Like that's just how deep the district was. I mean, you have I've never really. I mean, if you think about the four years I played in a high school in that district, how many college players we've had come out? I mean, Tyree, D1, Grant Strong going D1, the M&S going to a high D2. You have me going JUCO. Uh, the big guy went D2. Like, there's been – Dalton went in AIA – or Dalton went D3. Michael went in AIA. Like, there's been a lot of college players. And that's unheard of in a single-A district. It really is. Like, I mean, you said the region semis uh, where Pickett County had to go out. Yeah, and that, in my opinion, that's the toughest game every year. Like a good team always loses in the in that region semis game. But I mean, the uh, even our district, like the district uh, first round, a good team had to go out because mm-hmm. uh, the MVP, his team lost in the first round. Like that's just how deep we were. I think Pickett County finished fifth that year. Like it was, yeah. and they had two good players. It was tough. So, so uh, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about the 1A, and I asked, um, you know, obviously, at least on the girls' side of it, because girls' basketball is so prevalent in Tennessee. Again, I've said yeah. this last week with Pat Summit and Rick Ensel, and Vandy's got a good program, if it's on the rise. I asked the Monday Twins about this last week, and I want to ask you this as well. Do you think that the 1A level in high school basketball in Tennessee gets enough credit for how much of a gauntlet it is? Because I think that a lot of people talk about 3A, and when you look at 3A basketball – you see a lot of the Memphis schools like last year, Houston, you know, were coached by Mike Miller, an NBA champion, had multiple D one players, multiple four and five star recruits at the one a level. You don't see that as often, but I feel like you almost see more, more competitive games. You see, you see guys playing a lot harder. What do you think? Do you think one a gets enough credit? I think, I think around here, like the people know, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, obviously the players who played in it know that it's tough. You know, it's tough. I don't think – I think uh, – I say this respectfully. I don't think colleges res- look at it enough because we have good players go through there every year that probably could play somewhere small, you know, and they just don't end up doing it. We don't get the exposure, I'll say, like a D3 does – or like a, sorry, like a AAA does or a A does. I mean, those guys going to college, and the single A is competing against those guys. And arguably, my senior year, our, our district was arguably deeper, you know. So I just think that's the only thing. But around here, like, the fans are great. The people know that a single A can compete. I mean, nobody was really disrespecting us at all at the higher level, especially after the Sparta game. Everybody's like, y'all are tough. Like, y'all should have won that game, you know? So I, the one, one specific game I want to ask about because I remember being there and the atmosphere was crazy. Uh, let's talk about the sub-state game your senior year because mm-hmm. I think it was Fayetteville was who y'all played, yes, right? Sir. Yes, sir. I thought that, that, first of all, what was that atmosphere like as a player on the court? What, what, what was that like? Man, it was a blessing, man. I mean, you know, the year before we had to travel to an atmosphere like that, and then the year before that we got to play in it for the very first time. And I'll never forget the first time my sophomore year. I was like, man, this is crazy. We still have the video of us walking or running out to our Space Jam was our intro, and it just gives me chills every time. It's like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. And it was the same way my senior year, except it was like we got to get the job done a little bit, a little bit more serious instead of, like, enjoying the moment because mm-hmm. we were playing a really good defensive team, you know. But uh, it was still awesome. The sub-state – hosting a sub-state game, I ho- it's something everybody should get to experience. It's it's really cool. So, 
to lead into this next question with that, then why, why do you feel like when you, when you play in a small town like Monterey, or you look around that again, that district, whether it's Birdstown or Salina or Clark range, this is this playing at in a smaller town where kind of everybody comes to the games, the communities are as supportive as are, does that make it a little bit more special? I mean, absolutely. Um, I won't, when I was there, Monterey was really into basketball. You know, that was really a blessing because it's usually not. But to be fair, we were better than we had been before. But, I mean, like our district, I'm a little sad that the kids in Monterey now had to move up to Double A, mm-hmm. And they don't get to experience traveling to Birdstown or Clay County or really experience playing them in the district tournament. Like those district tournament games at Livingston and at Sparta mm-hmm. were awesome. Like they were a blessing. Like the crowds were insane every year, especially Solana and Pickett. They travel well. Clark Range girls travel well. I mean, Jackson County, when they were good, they traveled well. I mean, it's really a blessing. So I'm going to ask you to relive relive a tougher memory now. Um, okay. Obviously, your senior year, you guys make it to the state tournament. And it, after the girls' first round, it gets suspended and eventually canceled. Yeah. And you guys never even got a chance to take the floor. Uh, first mm-hmm. of all, just tell me uh, – and be honest here, how, how deep do you think you guys could have gone? Because I, when I looked at, you know, back when, you know, where I, when I was working where I was working, uh, I remember yeah. looking at, like, each team that we had, and it was you guys, Upperman was there, Clay was there, and York was there. And I remember looking at it, and I remember saying, when someone asked me who I thought could go the deepest, I remember saying Monterey because I mm-hmm. liked the way the matchups broke down for y'all. I liked the way that, one – I thought you and Clay were the two best teams and you wouldn't have to see them until ideally the state turn, the state championship. Uh, yeah. I thought Upperman had a very tough road because they had Jackson Southside in the first round. York drew yeah. York drew the 2A Mr. Basketball Award winner who had four quadruple doubles uh, yeah. at Wooddale uh, that year. So I thought it was going to be tough for them. And even Clay's side, I thought was the tougher side of the bracket. How far did y'all think, you, how far did you think you could go? Man, I mean, looking back that we've, we drew the, the best team. I don't think they were they were ranked the best, but we watched a lot of film on them, and they they were out of Memphis. It was Booker T, and most mm-hmm. Memphis teams, you know, they have that Memphis brand of basketball, like press, jump man, whatever. They didn't even do that. Like, they were a uh, – they played a matchup zone that was pretty poor. Like, it, I felt like if we shot good, we could have blown them, like, out the water, and we were shooting good late. And so, after that, I think we would have played uh, the winner of Loretto and East Robertson. Mm-hmm. Two good teams, two good teams, but I think Solana beat East Robertson early in the year, so yep. we knew we could compete. I think they blew them out, too. I think Did I they, think they, I think they, they blew have. the doors off of them, too. I don't think it was close. Yeah, we knew that if, if we shot good in that first round, which we thought we would, obviously, and then the second round was favorable, you know, we thought we could have won it. Like, we really thought we were going to win it. So what was the what were those kind of next few months like? Uh, kind of just coming to terms with it being you know called off, and then uh, you know, and obviously just kind of having to deal with like you know not really having closure for the end of your senior year. Man, I mean, I mean, it sucked like just blatantly. It sucked. Um, I remember when it got suspended, we were practicing and we were like, we don't know what's going to happen, so we're going to finish this practice and then school shut down for two weeks, so we can't get back in. And then, you know, we were, I was a little optimistic at first. I really was. And then they just kept, like, pushing it back and pushing it back. And then I was like, man, this is probably not going to happen. And then I remember where I was when uh, we got the news that it wasn't. I was just sitting on my couch. And I had already kind of come to terms with the idea that we weren't going to play. 
And so I wouldn't like, I didn't like ball my eyes out or anything. I didn't get that senior moment at first. And then I had my, uh, a couple of my teammates text me, you know, it was like, I'll say their names. It's Tucker. I want Tucker Phillips. I think Cody Allen. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to say Jackson Troyer, Billings, you know, pretty much most of the guys, they texted me and were like, man, we love playing with you. We had such a great year, man. I'm sorry it's over. And that just made me like ball. Like that just took my tears into a whole another level. Like it was sophomore year again, you know, so it, it sucks, especially like when I had spent two years of just working to get back, like that was my, all I cared about was getting back. I didn't care about no awards. I just want to get back to, to the glass house and play on that floor again. And then they just took it, you know, it just felt like they just took it from us, which I understood, but it sucked. It just sucked. How much did it mean, though, again, you mentioned everyone reaching out to you. How much did that mean to know that you played on a team with, you know, some of your closest friends? You got to experience all of this with your closest friends. I mean, that had to make – I won't say it may, I won't say it probably made it a little bit easier, but that had to make kind of that whole journey a little bit more fun, right? It always makes it more special. And, you know, um, good chemistry, I mean – the way we played, if we didn't have good chemistry, we wouldn't have been good. I mean, we all shared the ball. I mean, Kevin was a post, and he was one of the best passers I've ever played with, like in general. Like, we all had to share the ball, and that just built the chemistry. Off the court, man, we were always at the lunch table together. I mean, it was just – it was a good group to be around, and they were all good kids. Like, they are all just good guys, you know. Like, it was, a, it was a special group. Sophomore year was the same way. Junior year was the same way. That's why those teams – those teams were talented. But that's what made those teams even more special, in my opinion. So along the way, senior year, um, first of all, when did you start really kind of noticing, you know, when did the recruiting really start for you? And and why did you ultimately choose uh, the route you chose? Uh, well, I'm going to be honest. I was not heavily recruited. Um, Which is a shock to re- me. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, I'm still not heavily recruited, even at Juco. But uh, it is what it is. I mean, I started getting recruited, like calls like uh the summer of my senior year I went to Atlanta with uh Jason Winningham mm-hmm. and the AU team and uh I had a really good summer like I had a really good weekend and I got calls from like a D2 a couple of JUCOs and a couple NAIs and D3s so I a couple of those schools kept in touch um Walter State was one of them and they ended up going to a Christmas tournament that we had that year and I played really well against a pretty good team out of Cincinnati and they offered me on the spot and then they came back to the next game and I didn't play as great and they were like man you want to sign whatever that was like really the only recruitment that I had and then we waited we ended up waiting too long on that offer and uh they had too many guys so we didn't get a spot and then in April while everything was shut down Ball State called and they were like man we want you to be our point guard and I was like man I have nothing else like yeah I'll do it I'm there you know, but like I said, I, recruitment was not heavy. I mean, I had schools that were like, that would call and say, you know, we're going to offer you this, we're going to offer you that. And then they would just, they just went away. They just go to me. So, I mean. So tell me, is the jump from high school to college ball, is is the speed of the game a lot faster, like people say? Do you feel like this, the game is a lot more sped up? Yeah, absolutely. I don't really, I mean, I'm not going to say it's like a crazy difference. I really don't think it's a huge difference. I'll say it's like the help side comes faster. The help side comes faster. The guys are just bigger and more athletic, which once you get used to it, it's not a big deal at all. But, I mean, the difference is the speed's a little bit different. I'll say, I will say that uh, if I was, like, in a more organized conference, you know, guys, like, just press and 
it's not like crazy well coached. It's really just go out there and play pickup. That I might be telling you different. Like I might be telling you, yeah, it's it's crazy sped up. Like these guys are always in the right spot, you know. But I mean, it doesn't feel super different, really. It's just like when I'm looking in front of me, this guy is bigger than the guy that I played in high school. That's really the only <laughs> difference, in my opinion. I got you. So obviously, you're in school. Uh, what are you studying? And what are you what are you what are you looking to do with your life at some point? Man, I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty stereotypical. I'm going to be a teacher and I'm going to coach. Okay. So, so yeah. is that, is that kind of your dad influencing you there a little bit? Like you kind of saw the impact he made or what, what, what's the decision there? I mean, I looked at a lot of other different things. Okay. I guess it's because I didn't want to be like a stereotype, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to just be like, oh yeah, I'm going to coach. I mean, I haven't thought about anything else. I don't even care. Like, oh yeah, I don't even care about that. I'm just going to go straight coach. But no, I looked at other things and I was just like, I might like that. I might not. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I really would like coaching. I just know I would do it. And I uh, I actually give basketball lessons in the summers now, and I really enjoy that. So now I'm, like, fully committed into going into teaching and being a coach and, you know, doing something similar to what my dad did. So if you could teach any subject, what would you be teaching? That's tough. I don't know. Um, I'd say math maybe, but I feel like wow. that's, that's too serious. Yeah, that's too serious. I don't really <laughs> think I know. I don't really want to do no math uh i'd say history because i like history but i feel like teaching it might be boring mm-hmm. if i'm being honest it might be boring i'll tell you one that i won't ever teach is science i don't know how you feel about science but it's <laughs> hands down my least favorite hands down science was always that fun subject when you're in like elementary and middle school and then you get to high school and it's just awful it's it's oh, whether geez. it's chemistry you, anatomy it's awful <laughs> and then you get to college I and mean, it gets I've worse. Dropped, yeah, I know. I had to drop one. I was like, this is too tough. It's too I t- tough. I tell the joke I tell people all the time, the reason I chose journalism, I only had to take one math and one science. There <laughs> you go. I had to you take one right. of each. And I was like, I was like, I, I want to do this, but that just makes it even better. So there you go. Uh, yeah. So Peyton, now, the way I like to close all of these out, um, and you say you've listened to these, so hopefully you kind of know what I'm about to ask here. Uh, free game, <laughs> um, you know, for, for the younger generation of athletes that maybe wants to get to where you're at, where you're playing ball at the collegiate level. And, you know, you're, you're still getting a lot of athletes don't get to do that. A lot of athletes don't make it to the next level. High school is typically, you know, the cutoff point for most of them. Uh, mm-hmm. What's some advice that you would give them? And then what's some advice that you would give your younger self? Some advice to give them to, to make it to the next level. Is that what you're saying? To make it, to make it to where you have. Okay. Uh, man, I mean, I was blessed to have to be around basketball. So I guess I could say you could say I cheated, <laughs> but uh, I mean I worked I worked really hard. I just I always have had like if you watch the Last Dance, like Michael Jordan was always motivated by something that didn't didn't even mean nothing. Mm-hmm. I felt like that growing up. Like I was undersized, so people did overlook me, whatever. But it was I always had something motivate me mm-hmm. that always just kept me in the gym longer. That every summer, I mean. My junior and senior year, I was in the gym. I'd work out for an hour and a half, and then I'd shoot for an hour and a half. Like, that was three hours, five days a week. Like, it was just hard work. I mean, it's there's no other, there's no secret to it. It's just hard work. Try and learn as much as you can. I mean, you have to love the game, obviously, or you're not going to work hard with purpose. I will just say hard work, man, with purpose, just putting in the effort, and you have to love the game or outside of the – Outside of the gym, you're not going to be even – not even care about it. But outside of the gym, for me, I was watching basketball. I was learning about basketball. Like, it's 
it's just you have to love it and then that the rest of it will work hard the rest will make you work hard and you know play with a purpose or practice with a purpose and all that stuff so what would you tell your younger self then in terms of you know you know any 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 obstacles you kind of face to get to this point what would you tell your younger self as far as advice uh a few things first looking back i worked out like really hard but i didn't work out right like i worked out i did the same workout every day which is like four or five days a week so i was pinch pressing like four or five times a week and squatting four times four or five times a week i know it sounds stupid now like I'm, i only do it twice now then i'm like that's crazy that i used to do that and so work out right I really didn't learn how to work out until COVID because I was just sitting around doing nothing. And I was like, man, I might as well learn how to work out. But that that's one. And then another thing, I always I always felt like I worked hard, so I'm not going to say work harder. But I will say finishing off two feet is really important and something I didn't have in my bag. But now that I'm at college and that I, and that I can finish off two feet, looking back, I'm like, man, I could have made so many more layups. <laughs> like I could, I could have had so many more assists if I just landed on two feet instead of one. And I see that in a lot. You know, I said, I give lessons over the summer. I see that a lot in kids now too. Like nobody knows how to finish off two feet. It's an, it's an overlooked skill. Mm-hmm. It really is. And in basketball, it's so important. It's so fundamental. Like you obviously can finish off one, two. I'm not saying you just need two feet, but it's, it's overlooked. It really needs to be worked on more. And that's what's something I would, wish I worked on more. Fair enough. Well, that was Monterey legend Peyton West. I'm Rusty Ellis. This has been the Legends Rewind Podcast.